Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Mamo Makali Moments. And today, I'm actually a guest for once. Um, I am sitting at my friend's T's house. Yay! Hey. Uh, can you introduce yourself? So, I'm T. I'm Dan's friend. We've been friends since I got to Korea, I think. I consider us friends as soon as we got, as soon as I met you, so. Same. <laughs> uh, T is actually going under a pseudonym. <clears throat> this is just to uh, protect her privacy um, and just to be respectful to her. But thank you for having me at your house. Thanks for considering me for this podcast. You oh, know, our conversations usually go in many different directions. So I'm really curious as to what today's conversation will be like. Yeah, me too. It always goes all over the place in general with it this does. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but was there anything you wanted to talk about? How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. I feel like with winter coming and we're in the thick of autumn, a lot of moods are changing, especially yeah. in the expat community. This is when a lot of the holiday seasons back in Canada and America come up, like Thanksgiving and you got Christmas. And a lot of people were reminiscing about their time during Halloween even. So I feel like a lot of people's moods have been dampered for many different reasons too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've noticed that around this time it gets so cold that nobody wants to go out in general as well yeah i mean mm. it's korean winter is definitely different from canadian winter and so like i find that i need a lot more adjustment time to be able to kind of adjust to the weather mm -hmm. here yeah is it, this is your first winter here i forgot when you came i came in february so like i would say like i got like the last uh, like the, the end of the winter yeah. but I'm pretty well prepared for this winter. Like, I bought the long padding, everything. Oh, um, I thought that my Canadian jacket was going to be enough because I'm like, well, I'm from Canada. It's already cold up there. Yeah. And that it'll be able to withstand the Korean winters. But no, I was completely wrong because I was completely cold the whole time. It was spring and autumn. Sorry, spring and winter when I first came to Korea. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got that new jacket now, I remember. The big long one. Yeah. Yeah, that one seems... To be pretty good but the one thing i kind of do want to talk about is i feel like a lot of the foreigners who come here um they're from of course many different cultures and they have their own view of certain things and one of the things that was on the forefront of my mind is um how education is seen in korea both from koreans and from foreigners who especially coming are coming from either the uk or america yeah Oh, like, like, what so? Like, you want to ask me what I think is the difference? I want to ask you, like, what your thoughts are. Let me tell you um, the information that I've gathered okay. um, and the opinions that I've heard. And I want to see what your thoughts are, um, what you think might be the main factors that kind of is influencing a certain culture to yeah. believe that education a certain way. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we know that the Korean curriculum is all about memorization there's really not much room for critical thinking where you have to kind of have your opinions and expand on it yeah right and be able to kind of justify your opinion why you think it's right why you think it's wrong mm -hmm. whereas especially when you're learning english in korea it's all about memorizing the sentence structure how to say certain phrases yeah. and if you were to ask students to elaborate you know like oh i like this movie when you do ask them why it's really hard for them to articulate the reasons why they like it mm -hmm. And a lot of the Western opinions is that, well, Korean society um, or Korean education system is all about memorization where they feel like it's 
wrong or they feel like it's very much flawed compared to the American or Western education system in the sense of like there's so much more room for individualism and having opinions and be able to articulate your thoughts yeah um whereas memorization is such a huge thing over there mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of back and forth from the american side and the korean side where the americans or at least sorry the western people were like saying how like, they don't agree with the korean system at all um because they feel like memorization is too heavily prioritized mm. but in the western education system opinions are highly prioritized yeah so my opinion is that there is a difference in culture here because i feel like america westerners sorry i keep on saying americans but westerners we value individualism so we value opinions and standing out whereas asian culture we value collectivism and it matters more so for them to know a lot more things in terms of quantity than it does in terms of quality. Yeah. So I want to know what your thoughts are. Uh, for me, now that I've been in this country so long and I've been working as a teacher so long, um, and I myself was a student, of course, um, I think a lot of the Korean education system dates back to like Confucianism, where mm-hmm. they place such a high like value on education. Mm-hmm. Like even back then in Korean society, they had... Um, they're called yangbans or mm-hmm. yangbangs. I can't remember what they're called. But basically, these were like the social elites of um, Korean society. They were like the top 1% back then. And it still kind of conspires to today, like uh, transpires to today. Like it's still very much ingrained in the Korean society to um, value education. And with that, the, the part with the memorization and critical thinking um korean is a test-based society there's no way to test critical thinking put it on a scale of one to a hundred there's no way you know critical thinking is opinions whereas something as memorization you can put an answer a b c or d it's quantifiable yeah it's something that you can measure you know and it, I think it really does stop Koreans from advancing. Because let's look at the things that are made in this country, okay? Mm-hmm. You look at Samsung. Let's just call it out. Samsung's the biggest... Um, they probably are the biggest phone developers in the world, you know? Either that or Apple. But at the same time, what's so innovative about it? it's still copying a lot of features that Apple probably did before, you know, or you look at even the cuisine. Um, I did a podcast a while back. We were talking about Korean pizza. Okay. Um, It's its own thing. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, how original is it? You know, Koreans like to, they like to, um, how do I put this? They like to take an original concept and put a spin to it, but they're not original content creators themselves. Like look at K-pop, you know, a very specific song I bought up a while back was by Girls' Generation is called The Boys. Um, And this song, it has like nine different genres in it. Um, It had like 
a rap part, it had a rock part, it had an R&B part, it had a soul part, a jazz part even. Like It was a mixture of nine different genres to create a K-pop song. And K-pop, it doesn't have that originality anymore because... They all sound the same. They all sound the same. So like going back to education now, Koreans don't have the critical thinking skills to do something new, original. They want to regurgitate whatever they what is taught and try to memorize that. Does that make sense? It does. And you know what? Like <clears throat> going into an even more interesting topic, and I feel like that's the reason why um, based on American and Canadian society, like we are so in my opinion, progressive in terms of thinking about like the LGBT community and those who are like POCs, like people of color or minorities, right? And how we have a different viewpoint on them. Whereas in Korea, because like you mentioned, it's very hard for them to practice their own critical thinking skills and self-reflection as well as thinking kind of outside of the box. I think the reason why that in Korean society, it's so hard for them to accept certain ideologies the same way that Canadians and Americans do is because they lack that, what you just said, critical thinking skills, self-reflection, and being able to be creative and be original. Mm. Another thing that, um, with that LBGT stuff, whatever, um, I understand that this country is very homogenous. It's not very mixed you know, everybody is Korean in this country. It's like 99.997% Korean, you know. And with that in mind, that also means there's less cultures, there's less ways of thinking. They're not exposed. The average Korean isn't exposed to many different ideas. And with Confucianism too, it's like, going back to Confucianism, like the root of their culture, it's like, don't stand out you know it's all be, about, be collective yeah be collective and blend in and if yeah. you don't blend in you're conce- you're considered different and mm-hmm. that makes you strange yeah and i'm sure there, there are lbgt supporters in this country you know there's plenty of festivals and parades celebrating it but that's a minority in my opinion it's a very small minority in korea yeah, yeah and I don't know how quickly it will change. My, my thing I always like to say is Koreans love the ideas of things, like Western ideas of things. Mm-hmm. They love it. They love Western ideas as long as it doesn't affect their own lives. I've noticed a pattern where, like you said, like they love... Um, talking to one of my coworkers, they love the idea of like Western holidays, like Christmas and Halloween and Thanksgiving. It's something that really fascinates them because it's different from their own culture. But would they ever practice it on their own? No, they wouldn't. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, like it's a nice idea, but I don't want to do those things because it will make me stand out or yeah. it's different or um, it's not what others expect of me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like even, um, oh, we're going to talk about black culture for a moment. <clears throat> Koreans, they love black culture. Let's be honest. They love black culture. It's definitely um, stemming from a lot of like the pop culture that's coming yeah. from America. Yeah, it comes from that. But if we were to ask a single Korean person, do you want to be black? 
99% of them would say no because they know being black isn't I, ideal. Yeah. You know, they love to take black culture, but they want to remove the blackness out of it. They want the benefits of being within that culture. Yeah. But without the disadvantages and the discrimination from it. Basically, yeah. they're, they want to... They want to pimp the thing. <laughs> basically. Um, and you know what? Like, I bet you, like, if you ask, if you go around the streets and ask some Koreans, like, do you like black people? Yeah, like, they, some of them will just say yes, right? Mm. Um, but then if you ask them, like, would you marry a black person? Yeah. You'll get a totally different response. Yeah. And I, I did have a group of black girls. It was all female cast on, like, one of my earlier episodes. And the thing I realized sitting down with them was that for me as a Westerner and growing up in a black community myself, um, and I'm part black as well, um, I came in thinking we might be talking about black shit on this podcast with those girls. And to be honest, that conversation never came up. Why do you think that happened? I think it was because we don't care. We don't care about, at least I don't care about the skin tone. And I, I think with, especially because the topic of Korea and black, you know, I, I thought in a po podcast format where we're speaking about shit about Korea, you know, that they would talk about their experience as blacks in Korea. I thought that's just how naturally the conversation would flow, but it didn't. It didn't get there at all. I mean, yeah, of course, they mentioned that they were black, but they didn't talk about specific black issues in Korea, in my opinion. So why do you think that topic wasn't brought up? I think it was because we were comfortable in our own skins and we, it didn't matter to us. Because at the end of the day, we're human beings. We didn't see colors, you know? So that conversation just didn't come up. When most people hearing even the title, we called the ep episode um, Black Skin Girls, you would assume they would be talking about black problems, but we didn't. And I think it's just because we didn't care. We had other things to worry about. Whereas with Koreans, I think if any black person were to go on a Korean podcast with a Korean, you know, like a Korean native, they would probably ask their experience as black people because they want to separate they want to separate people you know divide people because that's that's how they see the world it's true it's completely true yeah. i'm being very careful with my words because th this conversation can piss off so many people it it could be but you know um in my opinion there's different sides to many types of opinions yeah um Opinions are not wrong or right, in my opinion. I feel like there are unpopular opinions. Um, but going back to how you say how the Korean society is all about measurement and basically comparisons and categorizing people, I've talked to numerous local Koreans, both coworkers and, you know, in my personal life. And the one thing that they do, and this speaks to the whole categorization and comparison point, is when they see or when they meet a potential partner, it's all about their background, education, how much money they make, and basically their ability and their physical appearance. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, well, this person compared to this other person, who's better? Who's more able to provide a family for mm -hmm. me? And it's all about survival in the end. You know, I think a lot of... 
of that mentality can be traced back to the Korean War. Um, it, it would, even before that, if you think about it, like um, Korea was a very poor country. You know, they were occupied by Japan. They had their cultures ripped, like stripped from them. And then on top of that, they had the Korean War where Americans came in and also started stripping away their cultures and everything. They had a war mentality, survival. My goal isn't self-fulfillment. It's not. And the Korean War ended, what, 60, 70 years ago? It, it actually, ended. in hindsight, it wasn't actually It's not ended. Yeah. yeah. In hindsight, it's not that long ago. And technically speaking, that peace treaty was never signed. Mm -hmm. Korea is technically still at war, you know? So that war, a generation from that war is still alive. You know what? I was on Reddit mm -hmm. and I came upon the, the subreddit or the subreddit post and it was about how, um, at least in the old days, I'm not sure about now, where a lot of families had this book and every time there was a new family member or somebody who got married into the family, um, it'll be like a family registry where you record the person's name and um, whatnot. And so, you know, in general, Asian society, Asian culture, your last name has a lot of meaning to it. It does. It carries so, a lot of weight. Yeah. So you can tell if a family is very well respected or if they're from a wealthy family just based on your family name or your mm -hmm. last name, right? So basically the context is that before the war, many of these families had these family registries. Um, but then after the war, people would end up just buying buying a name buying the last names and like changing the registry especially when they got lost in the war mm -hmm. or they were completely destroyed and so the usually it's the first born son who would have to take care of the family registry um and it'll be passed down um some of these registries are considered fake because how is everyone having the same last name but that's besides the point the main point is that um going back to the war and seeing how um it goes back to Confucianism and how like things are based on merit and your background. Um, it just goes back to the fact that, yeah, Koreans are still in that mental state. Yeah, they're still in that mental state. And it, I don't know how many generations it'll take to wipe that kind of mentality. But it's changing for sure. It's Slowly. changing because, you know, thanks to the internet and thanks to mm -hmm. more and more Koreans going abroad to study and kind of bringing back those different ideologies um, back to Korea. I think it is changing, um, although some people disagree that it's changing at a comfortable, play, comfortable pace. Mm -hmm. um, regardless, I think that change is good no matter how fast or how slow it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Korea's. I think... The only reason people might, I don't think anything's right or wrong either. When I say things, opinions are opinions. But I think the reason why people might criticize Korea and say for such a modern country, technology-wise, it's so behind culturally. Um, and they criticize only because you're comparing. It's true. You're only comparing. That's it. But you know what? When <clears throat> people say Korea's culture and Korean society and thinking is behind, if you look at other cultures, there's flaws in every culture that you yeah. see. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's all about kind of being mindful that there's going to be advantages and disadvantages to everything that you compare it to. Yeah. Like even America right now, um, they're stopping protest on university campuses. Um, and I mean, where what's the university supposed to be? It's supposed to be a place where students can get together 
express liberal ideas and share, but they're trying to stop that. I think part of the reason um, is because protests are becoming more and more dangerous. Yeah, I, I think that's part of I the problem too. I think that like in our heads, like traditionally schools are mm-hmm. meant to be a safe space where students can learn, um, where they're being monitored by respected professionals, right? Yeah. And if we allow protests to be on these school campuses, who knows what would happen, especially with a lot of the gun shootings that's been happening in America. Like, you never know what's going to happen now, yeah. especially with the whole gun reform issue as well. So I see both sides of the story, I would say. Like, students should be able to express their... Um, their opinions. Their opinions safely. and their right to protest. At the same time, do we want to risk the lives of other students who are not participating in these protests? Yeah. You know? Yeah, America's all fucked up right now. <laughs> I mean, y'all That's, got Trump. <laughs> I know. You know, part of the reason I don't want to go home right now is because I think the cultural climate has changed so much in just the last four years. Speaking to my Canadian friends versus my American friends, mm. um, there is a definite, definite divide into how we talk about politics. Um, Canadians, I would feel like because our politics isn't so much under scrutiny at the moment, mm. um, even though we had our election and stuff. Um, compared to the U.S., the U.S. is definitely taking over a lot of the news outlets right now because of what's happening with Trump. But not going to politics right now, when I speak to my friends, my American, my American friends specifically, uh, when they get into discussions about politics or culture, they get very, very intense. And in my opinion, to me, it gets very overwhelming. And I think that's part of that cultural change too. Where because people are getting more and more involved and more and more informed about what's happening in their country, especially politically, um, people get very passionate and things get heated so quickly. Yeah. Me, I'll be honest, I'm very ignorant when it comes to politics. I am as well. And I think that it's because it's an area where I'm not completely informed on. And it's an area where... I'm not going to talk about something that I'm not fully informed about because I could be giving the wrong facts. Yeah, and and to be honest, politics change all the time. I think we're just at a very weird place in history right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those weird, like awkward transitions. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have like a really good haircut and then you're about to grow it out. And when you're trying to grow it out, it's just like, it's in that awkward phase where it's like it's in between that new haircut, but it's getting to that point where you want it to be. Yeah, it's that's like a good that. comparison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another thing I kind of want to talk to you about actually mm. is going back to how you spoke about you having black guests on your podcast and how um, Koreans want to categorize and like kind of make themselves different. Mm-hmm. Um I want to talk to you about the Asian experience, the Asian foreigner experience in Korea. Okay. Um, So just FYI, Mm -hmm. I am part Asian. (laughs) You're basically international. Yeah, I'm a mix of everything. Like, um, it was just my last episode with Pauline that um, it was dropped that I'm part Vietnamese. Um, But that is one of my heritage. I took the 23andMe DNA test, which basically you spit into a tube um, you send the tube out to the company, the 23andMe company, and they analyze your DNA. 
your chromosomes, and they are able to pinpoint where your DNA originated from. The cool thing about it is the more the people test, the more accurate, accurate. your results are, and it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So like for me, when I took that test, um, literally my DNA comes from almost the entire world. The only place it's missing is parts of Russia, Japan, and Australia, and India. Other than that, like I have at least 1% blood every country. Uh, my largest, of course, is Asian. Uh, 70% of my, my DNA is from Asia, and then the last 30% of it is from Africa. Um, split among all the countries, like one, two, three percent tip from everything. Um, but going back to the Asian American experience, um, we have an interesting time out here. Honestly, I've the more I talk to local Koreans, and the longer I stay in Korea, it's starting to really weigh down on my shoulders. You, you know, I, I, in my opinion, here in Korea. Asian descendants have the hardest time here, harder than blacks and harder than whites. I I think a lot of it is because we do blend in and they put us at a higher standard because we do fit in, because we fit in, they put us at a higher standard. One of the things that you mentioned to me that was completely true, I would think, and something that really got me thinking is the whole fact that, or the whole point that, um, if you're an Asian foreigner, um, they pick the parts of you that they consider to be Korean, and they pick the parts of you that are considered that they consider to be foreign, whichever one that benefits them the most. Yeah. Um, so when <clears throat> if you were to work at a school, for example, um, if you're Asian, they would expect you to know some type of Korean, but they probably wouldn't include you in certain social activities because, well, you are also a foreigner. Yeah. Um, th- that's always a point I always bring up to everybody. I think I, I was the one who told you that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's like Koreans, they like, when you're Asian in this country, even if you're Korean-American, 100% Korean-American, um, they will pick and choose parts of you that makes themselves look better. You know, it can be like, oh, you eat kimchi so well, yeah, 잘 먹네, you know, like you eat kimchi so well. Uh, but the moment you express opinions, you express critical thinking, you're different. They will go off and say, oh, you just think that way because you're American. Or like you're a Waikuken or like whatever. Yeah. Wherever, either way, you're not from Korea. You're not Korean local. Yeah. And, it, and it's weird because for a country that's so modern, again, I'm saying they're so culturally behind, even the idea of being Asian but not Korean is foreign to them it's like hold on you look korean but you're actually chinese that makes no sense to me or the idea of mix i'm mixed okay so when i tell them yeah uh, i'm mixed with a lot of things it's like they don't get the idea that as human beings sperm and egg match human sperm human eggs make babies it doesn't matter color doesn't matter size hair color, you know, it, it's it's biology. It's because it's such a homogenous com- uh, yeah, country it that is. it's definitely a new concept for them. It is. It's a new, and I, I know it sounds so bizarre, especially if you're a listener who um, who's coming from a Western country. The idea of mixing is completely foreign to them. And I, 
for me, I experience this the most because I am mixed. And every time they look at me, it's like, you look Korean, but there's something off. It's like, yeah, my, you know, I'm mixed. My parents all come from different backgrounds. It's like, what do you mean? You know, um, or I can be like, here's a disconnect for me or for them, I should say. Um, my hair, my hair is very curly. Um, they're like, oh, perm? Like, no, my hair is just, my hair is naturally like this. I'm part black. What does having, being black have to do with curly hair? They don't get that. They don't understand that black people have curly hair. It's a concept completely foreign to them. I'll share one experience that I've had. So I was in Korean class and uh, I was speaking English to my friends. And then one teacher came up to me. She's like, where are you from? I told him I'm from Canada. And she's like, but you're oh, yeah. Asian. And I'm like, there's different faces in Canada. Yeah. There's, we have so many immigrants that. Immigrants are the majority almost. <laughs> basically that to me, like having someone come up to me and not believing that I'm Canadian was a little bit of a culture shock for me. Yeah. For me too. I had the same experience. But you know what? Like, that's interesting to say that for you to have mentioned that, like, for them being mixed so foreign to them, because what happens when a Korean marries a foreigner and they have a family? Yeah. It's like, it happens, guys. They're on TV. You got a famous white guy on TV who has a Korean wife, and they got two little cute mixed kids. You've seen it on TV. Why is it so hard to see and believe in real life? It's your entertainment. You you find enjoyment in this shit. Yeah, you made him famous. He's not even that good looking. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, I know how much Korea puts a value on like good looking shit. So like, why? You know, it goes back to how like they like the idea of things, but if it were to interfere with own personal lives, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know what? Going this actually hasn't. I actually have an interesting story for you. Okay. Um. So this is relevant on the fact that they like the idea of it, but they wouldn't let it affect their personal lives. Many Korean locals, and there's the stories I've heard from foreigners, is that, you know, the term riding the white horse, they want that experience. They like the idea of dating other foreigners that are not Asian. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them would still marry a Korean girl. Yeah. So I've heard on two different occasions from two different locals say this to me. They're like, you know, they're kind of worried about dating a, um, a foreigner, especially one that is from, you know, like who actually looks like a foreigner who mm. is an Asian. So I asked them why. And they said, you know, on the streets, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be talking about you. How do they meet? Where does she come from? Mm -hmm. You know, like, is she a male order bride? Yeah. Um, is she a Koreaboo? Like, does she have a Korean fetish and all that stuff? And it makes people very uncomfortable because they don't want to be talked about. They want to blend in and not be seen as different. Yeah. Game of that collectivism. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's such, it's like, it's kind of hypocritical in the sense of like, they tell me that they're open to dating foreigners. But and, they're not. But they're not. Because, you know, like, again, like these same people on different occasions would tell me they want to have that experience because they love how open-minded um, Western or foreigners are. Not in terms of like, you know, being open as in 
being sexually active and being easy, but more so like they're more able to critically think mm-hmm. and um, be more flexible and just be more self-sufficient. Yeah, basically, right. Um, but when it comes to like their family life and stuff, they still need to, or they still prefer to marry a Korean girl or Korean guy. Yeah, because not only is that what their parents expect them to be but it just makes their lives easier Mm -hmm. sometimes it's for them it's not so much about finding happiness this is going back to survival again Mm -hmm. i don't think this country is at a pace at a place yet where you meet someone based on happiness and love not yet they meet there's still a lot that goes into what benefits me? What makes my life easier? Better. What makes me not talked about in a negative light? Yeah. Because actually, another story, and um, I'm actually planning to have plastic surgery. Oh. For okay. my own personal reasons. <clears throat> Can I ask what? <clears throat> um, I want to get my eyes done. In what way? Um, want to get double eyelid surgery just because I feel like I've always wanted it, and okay. I'm just like, well, while I'm here, I might as well get it in. Since Seoul or Korea is basically the plastic surgery capital of the world. But yeah. <laughs> that's besides um, the point. The main thing for me is that, like, I was researching on Naver. And going back to what you said about how they haven't progressed to the point where marriage and love is about happiness and find the right person for you. It's about image and um, a stable life, I would say. Mm-hmm. Because I stumbled upon these forums about love and marriage. And this girl... She mentioned how she had a really bad breakup three years ago. Now she's over it, but she because she's getting older, um, she still doesn't feel like she's ready for a relationship. But because of her age, she needs to get married so she can get a house and get a family. Mm. And a lot of the comments are saying, just just get married. Like, you're getting old now. Just get married. Get yeah. the house that you want. So throw away your own happiness Mm. for the sake of basically following that timeline that everyone expects of you yeah yeah that's korean society like a lot of the times um people who date in their 20s whatever um you might be dating someone for five or six years and all of a sudden you break up at like 28 29 a lot of people start panicking it's like oh shit all they receive a lot of pressure from family and friends like oh when are you getting married and stuff like that or even watching their friends get married starting to have kids koreans feel pressure especially women to get married by like 30 to 35 that's like the prime age you know same thing in um china they have something called like the leftover woman where if you don't get married by like your early 30s you're considered a leftover and there must be something wrong with you yeah and for us Westerners, it's fine. You know, it, it, it's even cool that you're, let's just say they're pursuing their per- careers or whatever. Yeah. Or doing whatever it is that makes them happy. They're pursuing hobbies, um, living their own life to the fullest. To Westernize is cool. And like for Koreans, they envy the ability to do that. But at the same time, they're comparing themselves to everyone else in their their immediate circles. It's like, oh, my friend's getting... <clears throat> my friend's getting married. My friend has a kid. Uh, my mom and dad keep asking, when are you going to mar- get married? Who are you dating? It's like, you keep getting that type of pressure. It's like, 
it's easy to fall into that trap and yeah. force your, and get married within a year of meeting someone because I've seen that happen so many times. I've met um, a lot of guys, um, Korean locals, 29 years old. They're at that point where they have stopped dating for the fun of it and now have to look into a serious partner. Yeah. And talking to one guy that I'm still quite close with, he's like, he wants to be able to look for someone, a potential partner for life. Mm-hmm. Because of his age, at the same time, he's not in a stable place where he can provide a family, provide for that wedding. Yeah. So I know that for a lot of Koreans, they do have that pressure at the same time. Going back to the comparison about, you know, it's your education, your wealth, your abilities that also matters. If they feel that they can't hold up to that standard, um, they're not going to go out seeking a partner until they get up to that standard. Yeah. Because this close friend of mine, like, he had a career change. And um, he's working towards a very stable career. It's just he's not at the point where he can constantly take out his girlfriend for dates. He can't constantly um, make the time up for them because he has to study. Mm. So you can already imagine, like, his p- economical position isn't ideal for him to have a girlfriend right now, even yeah. though he has that pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's always hard, especially because, okay, going back to education now, everybody in this country has a damn bachelor's degree. Everyone and their mothers. You know, everybody and their mothers and their grandmothers probably have a bachelor's degree. That sets the bar pretty high already by Western standards. But even in America and <clears throat> Canada, it's at that point now too, where bachelor's is just basically, yeah, it's basically considered a high school diploma now because everyone yeah, has one. Exactly. So Korea is kind of the same. And when do we usually get that bachelor's what 24 25 i guess you know if you're taking your time for koreans and you know you you have to consider they have to go to the army for two years yeah you know and then so what now korean men he's 26 okay let's start dating you're not going to marry the first girl that you date most likely i hope not okay you know i shouldn't say that <laughs> you know but well if they're right for you sure yeah. but you, you know, know but at least for me my opinion is you should date around to know uh, what you like, what you dislike. And I don't think you really know that point until, what, two years into the relationship, maybe? They do say that you don't fully know a person until you've dated them for two years. Yeah, you know. So, like, okay, let's say they finish college. They finished um, the military. For a man, he's, what, 26 by now? 26, okay. 27 is when they usually, compl- like, they finish college, university, yeah. and ha- an army, too. Mm-hmm. So now you're dating this girl for two years. You're now 28. Holy shit, it's almost time to get married. And it's like, this is my first girlfriend, though. Okay, I got it, but things aren't working out. What do I do? Do I just fuck it, marry her? Or do I go on to the second girl? Okay, second girl. I date another two years. I'm 30 now. I'm like, oh, shit. It's Let's either say, you got to, like, capture or got to snatch the, the first girl that's in your sight and, like, make her your wife. Exactly. Or you just stay single and have that pressure constantly on you while you're looking mm. for the right person. Yeah. And like, you only have a bachelor's degree at this point too. Remember that. Yeah. You didn't, you're not even accounting for that graduate's degree or your career yet. Yeah. Like you have no experience probably. Yeah. So like that pressure is probably even bigger for girls in this country, you know? So I, I, 
it's so common that people marry people within a year of dating do in this country. Do you think that, you know what, like, do you think that's the reason why Koreans, I have to choose my words carefully, but there are a lot more cheating stories that I hear in Korea than I what then I did back when I was back home. You I, know, I think that's a factor. Because people rush into dating yeah. and relationships. And I wonder if it's because if you're seen as not having someone, then you're seen as being different or you're seen as being undesirable. Undesirable or something wrong with you. And because like Koreans, this is my theory, but because they, you know, do the whole like three dates and like your mind kind of thing, it's like you barely get to know the person. Yeah. And it's just like, well, things don't work out. A lot of people aren't very confrontational. So rather than breaking up with a person, they would rather go behind their back and cheat. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry to break everybody's heart who loves K-pop and K-drama. You got to remember, that's entertainment. It's made for you to feel good and spend money. It's a business. In reality, Korean life and culture is not a K-drama. This country... There's a lot of cheating. There really is. You walk through any neighborhood, there's probably cheating going on at a hotel. There's a lot of love motels here where because um, a lot of Koreans live with their parents up until they're married, they don't really have a private space to go to. So they do go to love motels and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And You can get them by the hour. Yeah. Not by the night. You do hourly rates there. Why? You fuck for an hour? I don't last an hour, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know what? Like, there's also like DVD rooms. Yeah. And this That's is what, what this is what I've been told. Um, if you want to fuck for an hour, you buy one on one hour movie. You want to fuck for three, buy Lord of the Rings. It's a longer movie. You have more time. Yeah. Korean society, man. <laughs> it's definitely different, and I have to say that it's contributing to my um, decision to be single until. I feel more secure, I would say, because having gone through my own experiences and having heard so many stories, um, unfortunately, affirming those stories, I'm like, okay, like, it's time for me to kind of sit back, just enjoy my time in Korea, and not think about relationships right now, just because it's so hard for you to not think about those stories if it's a reoccurring theme. Yeah. <sighs> T, mm. we're actually at the what? One hour? 42, hour, 42 minute mark. Oh, shit. We're a little bit over. I know you're going to cut things off, though. Huh? I know you're going to cut stuff off, though. You think? Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of pauses where you can just cut things off, but we can stop yeah. now. Yeah. Mm. Well, this was such a great conversation. I know. It's flowing. I know. I love these talks with you. <laughs> I feel because, like, I don't know. We just have a lot to say. We have a lot of opinions. And I feel like it's hard for me to express my opinions so freely. Mm. This is the part where I want you to cut out. Um, oh, so I'm going to cut this part out. Yeah, basically okay. cut this part out from, from now until whenever I stop talking. Okay, well, let me say goodbye to everybody first. And we're going to continue this conversation off mic. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me, T. Okay. <laughs> we'll catch you around. Thank you for joining us on Mamo tonight. Bye. Okay, peace out.